Saving money on your outdoor project? Now at Menards. We have everything you need to keep your outdoor power equipment running smooth so you can keep that lawn in tip-top shape or enjoy some time on your boat. Right now, all FVP, lawn and garden, and marine batteries are on sale through May 5th. Check out our entire selection of FVP batteries today and view our weekly flyer on Menards.com for more great deals. Save big money at Menards. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Wrestling Inc. YouTube channel. It is me, your managing editor, Nick Hausman, joined here for another Wink Podcast Wednesday edition, where we are chatting all about SmackDown and the news of the day. I'd like to start off by welcoming the people I'll be chatting with, punditing with today. First, on the right side of my screen here, the owner, founder of Wrestling Inc., Raj Giri. Raj, thank you very much for joining us here today. It's great being here with you guys. Happy New Year, everyone. Thank you, Raj. And, uh, of course, uh, to his left there in the bottom of the screen right now is uh, our good friend Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to the Wink Podcast. Happy to be back. Happy New Year. Happy 2019. Thank you. Yes. Uh, well, we'll get right to it. it you know, I, I hope you all had a great, uh, safe New Year's uh, Eve, New Year's Day. Uh, before we get into the SmackDown news, before we get into everything that's going on with AEW, uh, we unfortunately do have a sad, uh, as we do here in Pro Wrestling, we have fun stories, we have sad stories. Unfortunately, there was a very sad story. Uh, that broke this morning. Um, WWE Hall of Famer Mean Gene Okerlund passed away. Uh, Raj, I'll, I'll kick it to you. You want to tell everybody here what you know about the passing of Mean Gene? Uh, not much. I mean, it came kind of came out of nowhere. WWE announced it this morning. Uh, he passed away at the age of 76. Um, you know, he had been making appearances for WWE, doing stuff on the network for a while now. Uh, he last appeared at the 25th anniversary of Raw last year, uh, where he did an interview with AJ Styles. So, I mean, I became a fan of wrestling in the 80s, um, and, you know, Mean Gene was one of the most uh, iconic characters of that time as, as an interviewer, and um, just, I have so many fond memories of Oakland, you know, I was a big WWF fan in the late 80s, and the, his interviews with uh, Hulk Hogan and Andre and the Macho Man, and so, you know, some of the, the interviews with his Macho Man, like, I still remember word for word, so uh, I really... Really sad, sad story, and we hope to have more on that soon. Yeah, and uh, Justin, before I share my my memories of Gene here, do you uh, want to talk a bit about uh, your memories of Gene Okerlund? I'm, I'm almost positive you two have crossed paths multiple times. Yeah, uh, we did. Um, you know, actually, I was just uh, talking to Inside Edition earlier this morning about his passing, and, and they'd asked me, uh, and, and I have to say, like, I'll never forget the first time I met him. It was um, uh, Raw 1000 week. I was staying at the same hotel as, as he and many others were. And I'm sitting uh, at the bar with him on my right and Jim Ross on my left. And it was like, this is a pretty surreal. And he couldn't have been a, a nicer person to talk to, both from just a want to go down memory lane and talk wrestling, uh, as well as, uh, you know, talking the craft of broadcasting and television and, and you know, picking his brain and such. Um, really nice guy. You know, he is the standard. I think, you know, I think, he, you know, you, I think you really look at him and Jim Ross as the two standards in the modern day of pro wrestling in terms of holding the mic. Obviously, Jim Ross more, you know, play by play, Mean Gene more obviously of the, the backstage uh, interview capacity, but still both the standards. Sad stuff. Um, you know, from what I from what I know, from what I've talked to, he was not dealing. He was not. This was not like some long battle of something he was dealing with. It seems like this was something pretty. Uh, pretty recent that happened. So, you know, in, in any which way, it's unfortunate, sad way to start 2019, but he definitely uh, has, has created a brand and legacy for himself that's going to be hard to ever, uh, anybody to ever match. Yeah, and he just did the Sprite commercials with Kevin Hart not long ago that are still right. like, popping up on my, t on my television. <laughs> I mean, that that's the thing about me, Gene, is he like really did transcend, and especially for a guy who doesn't look like a wrestler, doesn't sound like a wrestler, to be so, you know, paired with the, the idea of pro wrestling – just really cool. Um, yeah, I similarly to Justin, I met uh, Gene C2E2 Comic Con here in Chicago. Uh, apparently, Bill After had said a nice thing about me to him, and we fortunately crossed paths 
multiple times after that. Um, but he was always so supportive and he always brought up how he still works in the office. And so I don't really know what Gene was doing uh, up until the end there, but he was, I know behind the scenes, somebody that helped a lot of people out and was just very, very supportive. So uh, like Raj said, we will be finding out more. I'm sure today uh, about what exactly happened. Justin and I will be back tomorrow with the Winkley podcast, same time, same place right here. So you can come back and we'll chat a bit more about it. But of course we welcome you to, to share your positive mean gene memories over on Twitter uh, tag us and uh, let's make this a great day for Gene. It is a great time for pro wrestling. So we'll transition with that. Uh, we got two big stories. Of course, we're going to talk about uh, SmackDown Live here uh, today because that was last night. But, of course, uh, on 1-1, being the elite, they aired their official AEW episode. Uh, we're going to get to that at the end of the show. Does that sound about right, Jet Raj? Should we sit on that one here until the end of the show? Yeah, yeah. Let's get to that at the end. All right. Well, then let's get to it here. We'll start it off. Uh, we're going to start talking SmackDown Live. So if you haven't already, jump into the chat room. Uh, tag us over on Twitter, whatever you want to do to join into the conversation. Last night's SmackDown Live took place from Pittsburgh, PA. Justin, were you at this program? I'm sure you were, yes? I was this past uh, Saturday. Well, let's start there. Tell me about the vibe in Pittsburgh. You know, they're talking about this fresh start thing right now. This was a pre-tape show. People knew it wasn't airing live. What was the vibe like inside uh, of the arena here for SmackDown Live? Uh, there was nothing that really stood out in terms of the vibe. Um you know, there was a lot of chatter, you know, if you, if you kind of <clears throat> hovered from circle to circle of fans, at least the, the, the regular fans. I'm not talking about the parents that are just bringing their, you know, the eight-year-olds that are off school. But, you know, from the older regular fans, there was certainly I heard the chatter of, you know, knowing about the, the, the viewership struggles there's been recently and the McMahons are back and on camera. And um, a lot of people, of course, with the Bullet Club shirts and, and, and then chatting about, uh, you know, news that would be coming at the start of 2019. So, I mean, you know, there was no, there was nothing out of the ordinary, just, just kind of a lot of just, you know, you're talking about what's going on in the, in the, in the news uh, wrestling, like we do here every week. Um, but there was no standout one or the other. I mean, I think there was obviously a lot of curiosity. Okay. What are we going to get here? This is not the first time that Pittsburgh's gotten the holiday show. We, we've had several holiday shows over the last <clears throat> seven, eight years um, in between Christmas and New Year. So we, we've certainly seen, you know, Santa Claus get hit by Alberto Del Rio's car and a lot of the other <laughs> holiday shenanigans they like to pull out. So I think it was just kind of, um, you know, curiosity, but there was no one overly positive, overly negative vibe one way or the other. All right. Uh, well, we, uh, we had a very positive, fun opening here. We had the New Day come out. Uh, they were talking about how they've entered the Royal Rumble, all three of them, and how that gives them, and this is where Big E started doing what they called Steiner math on the air, in the ring, uh, getting corrected. They also talked about possibly stopping eating uh, pancakes. They made some movie jokes here. Uh, Raj, what did you think of the opening segment here with the New Day trying to grab everybody's attention? I thought it was fun. Um, uh, you know, I hope this means the end of the pancake thing because I think that's been getting a little worn out. Um it's gone on a little too long, I thought. Um, but, yeah, I, I like the Steiner math, uh, you know, uh, remark. I think anytime you can throw Steiner math in a promo, uh, you automatically get a thumbs up for me. But, I, you know, I thought it was a kind of a good way to start the show. Um, I, you know, they, I don't like when they do too many of the, the Christmas gimmick matches and, you know, like the Halloween, you know, nightmare on, like, you know, whatever that, that match is where someone ends up with a pumpkin on their head. Uh, I thought this was much better, so um, – yeah, I thought it, it kind of set the stage for what I thought was a really fun show. You're thinking of a trick or street fight? Trick or street, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Got to make sure we get this correct. Uh, yeah, the, I, I thought the same way. Uh, I don't know about how I feel about the pancakes necessarily going away. People seem to really be upset about that, so I don't know if that was tongue in cheek or not. Uh, but yeah. definitely interesting that all three of these guys are in uh, the Royal Rumble. And that Steiner math thing, I don't know about you, Justin, but I'm continuing to see breadcrumbs here for WWE, who's throwing their, like, hardcore fans a bone, if that makes sense. Like, this isn't something – I know. I don't know that a couple weeks ago we would have got a Steiner math promo. I feel like this was just another little thing they're doing to be like, hey, we're cool. We can do stuff too. You know what I mean? And and the Steiner math, was, wasn't that a TNA thing? It Maybe. was. That's why – yeah, that's why I was like, this is definitely somebody was watching some GIFs, and we're like, what's the most popular GIFs? Oh, that Steiner math thing. Well, that's not ours. Who cares? We're cool. We can do whatever we want. I very much got that vibe. Well, it'd be really cool if they then bring out Ric Flair and have somebody do a a, a woo off with him, since that whole thing with him and Jay Lethal and TNA is one of the, is a famous clip too. Great. Um, yeah, I, I don't know if it's. I, I know what you're saying, Nick. I don't know if there's any actual real connection to it, but it is. It does follow kind of an interesting trend we've had in the recent weeks since they're trying to, uh, 
you know, rebrand themselves in this new era to uh, up, 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 appeal to a more hardcore demographic, the yeah, that they would pull out some references like this. But you also have to remember in the New Day, these guys are such wrestling fans. They're they're very, you know, I mean, I mean Xavier with his YouTube channel, they are very much aware of, they're the, they're the guy, they're the talent who are going to know what clips are viral, what what gifts are funny. They're the ones who are going to know. So I don't know if that necessarily, I, I don't know if that was on paper, if that was on the script, or that was a, um, you know, an on-the-fly uh, improv, you know, remark. But it makes sense coming from the New Day again. They are just so aware. They're such fans uh, that, that it would make sense for them to, to pull that little uh, nugget out. Yeah, I would be shocked if that was on the fly. That seemed very, that seemed calculated. That seemed like it was thought out. Like they knew they were going to be doing the Steiner math uh, promo there, especially since, uh, you know, Biggie started off calling everybody freaks. Um, but yeah, very, very fine opening segment. I believe we have five Royal Rumble competitors now, Drew McIntyre, R-Truth, and the New Day. So uh, we're definitely on the road there to filling up that ring, and I'm sure we'll get a, a lot more next week. Uh, this led into Samoa Joe taking on Jeff Hardy. The winner of this match is going to be entered into a fatal five-way at the end of the night to determine a new number one contender for Daniel Bryan at the Royal Rumble. We've seen Joe and Hardy a lot recently. Uh, these guys do have some chemistry together, I think. Um, not a bad match. I, it was a little weird to me. There was one point where Joe like choked out um, Jeff Hardy on the outside of the ring to the eight count, rolled in to beat the count, and the ref started the, the count again. I don't know if that was weird to you guys or not, but that seemed wrong to me. Yeah, I, I did. I did catch that live. It was like one of those. It was just a, a weird sequence. Didn't really make a lot of sense from a wrestling psychology standpoint. Yeah, I did catch that. Not sure what was, not sure what was behind that, or if that was again a a miscommunication or what what they were trying to do there. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Raj, what you uh, what you think of these two? I I thought it was fine. Um, this was one of those feuds. I don't know if if that means this is over uh, or or they they keep it going, but uh, I just feel like. You know, it kind of started hot and then just kind of fizzled a little bit. So um, if this is the blow off, I feel like uh, the feud never got going, but maybe it's not. So, uh, but I thought the match itself was good. I thought, uh, uh, and I thought Joe um, looked strong at the end. So I think it, it did uh, exactly what it was intended to do. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I don't know if this keeps going or not. It does seem like the end of the road. I don't really want to see a whole lot more Samoa Joe, Jeff Hardy. But again, it's just weird. Jeff Hardy. He's just he's just kind of enhancement right now. He's helping these other guys look better as they roll along, you know. I uh, did it with Randy Orton as well. Um, kind of reminds me, I don't know, it was a little weird on Monday night to me how they, like, fired Rhino, brought him back to Santa Claus. Then on Monday night, he was taking the fall. I got to think that with all of the stuff that's going on right now with the new promotions, the signing at Ring of Honor and Impact, you got to have a couple big names that you can use to elevate your other talent. And I think that's where they're at with Jeff Hardy right now. I think that he's a guy that they have that they know has name value. But there's other guys they're interested in, and somebody's got to be the one to help get these guys that next level. I, I think that's Jeff Hardy right now. Justin, do you think I'm off base with that? No, I think you're pretty on point. I, I think um, I think at this stage of Jeff's career, I mean, Jeff is certainly not in any, in any shape or form at, at the point in his career where he's um, keeping tally of his wins or losses or, or worried about. I mean, you know, he you know, he's a, he's a kind of a set made man. You know, he is he you know he's a hall of famer for sure he's accomplished what he's accomplished so i think he's happy to be uh, making the money he is i think he's happy to to work the schedule he can I, obviously he wishes his brother was around i'm sure but i yeah i think he's happy just to be a, be a team player and if he can help elevate somebody um you know, he's going to do it so uh, it, it's 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 a very it's it's a nice time to have a jeff hardy in your locker room to be able to do that as you're trying to elevate so many young stars and not even young, like Samojo's not a spring chicken, but, but right. guys, but guys who haven't um, gotten as high as, as need be for the booking in WWE. I think Jeff's happy to do it. He does it with a smile on his face. He does it with a great fan uh, support. So it, it's, it's a real win for everybody. Yeah, yeah. And it's not even, not even young guys that need to go over like with Randy Orton. I think it was just a case of, we need to get this guy interesting again. We still have years ahead of us with Randy Orton. We got to put him in there with somebody, and I think Jeff was just the guy who fell into that spot. So I don't know, Raj. I mean, do you think they should be doing more with Jeff? Do you see him as more than just enhancement? Uh, you know, kind of to your point, he's he's kind of one of those guys that he can lose a bunch of his feuds and still be you know near the top. You could still put him on you know uh, against Daniel Bryan in an episode of SmackDown. It's going to be interesting. People are going to watch. Um, and but you know, to your point, Nick, uh, as far as him being enhancement. Uh, he, he still needs to get his wins, you know, to 
to, so when he does put people over, it matters. And, and you know, I think that's why they'd help Joe, uh, the way he beat him. And I think, uh, you know, I'd like to see him with, like, someone like Andrade Cianalma, someone brand new, but, like, a few that you haven't seen. Um, and uh, I, I, that's where I'd like to see them go next. I don't know if they have some holdup with Almas. It seems like they've really cooled off on him, I mean, really completely. So I, I'd like to – I mean, if I were booking, that's where I'd like to, you know, see that go. All right. Well, we'll revisit this year. We're going to talk about Andrade in a little bit. I disagree with you a bit, but uh, yeah, we'll, we'll we'll table that for now. We got a recap of uh, Vince McMahon egging on AJ Styles uh, from last week with AJ punching him in the face. We then go backstage where Vince and Shane are talking about what happened. Uh, AJ comes in. He says, uh, "You wanted to see me, or uh, are you sure you want to see me?" AJ says, "Maybe he should apologize for last week, but he's not going to." He says that Vince wanted a real AJ Styles. Well, watch what happens tonight. Unless Vince wants to uh, Shane stands up. Vince motions for him to relax. AJ walks off. Shane asks Vince if he's sure. He wants to see the real AJ. Absolutely, Vince says. And Shane tells Vince to be careful what he wishes for. Um, Vince just looked really I, – I hate to say this, but he just kind of looked really old. Like, he didn't kind of look engaged in this particular segment. I felt like Shane was taking the reins here. Um, it's only been a few weeks with Vince back. This is going to be a very different run for him. I, I, I He kind of seems like he has – mentally taking a backseat to whatever he's being told to do right now and just kind of going through the motions. Uh, I don't have any deep thoughts on this particular backstage vignette with what they did with AJ. Uh, other than that, other than Vince just doesn't seem impassioned, I, I, at least visually to me. Am I the only one to pick it up on that, Raj? I don't know. I, you know, I thought the same thing. I thought uh, Vince's promo last week on AJ seemed like he was trying to act like the Vince of old as opposed to – it didn't seem natural. It seemed, uh, it seemed very forced. But – Regardless of that, I think it's it's great that they're doing that with AJ because I do feel like as a character he had been become a little complacent, not in the ring, but uh, you know as far as his promos and, and uh, his storyline. So I, I I like that they're they're giving him uh, an extra fire. The the one thing I don't like is they're they're kind of doing the exact same thing on Raw with Seth Rollins. It's almost the exact same angle. It's um, so bizarre. Why did they do that? I don't. I was gonna bring that up. Why would they do that? You yeah, it's, it's like when they brought in uh, Absolution, and then they brought in uh, uh, what was the uh, and then the the right squad at the exact same you know the exact same week. It just seems like you're just you're just completely copying what you know what you're doing on the other show because you have no other ideas. Uh, and, and look, I think Seth Rollins. I think you know I, I've mentioned. I feel like the last six months they booked him pretty badly to where he seemed like a top guy, and then he kind of got brought down. So I'm all for them, you know, spicing him up too, but. Doing the exact same thing as you're doing on AJ, it just it just comes across as kind of lazy. Yeah, Justin, uh, thoughts on Vince McMahon, this segment here, what they're doing with, with AJ as compared to what they're doing with Seth? Yeah, I mean, you know, anytime um, anytime anybody's involved with Vince, it's a good thing. But, yeah, it, it, I certainly think that if he, if he could, he would just um, – you know, I think if Vince had his option, his way, he would not be on camera. But I think he knows that if you're going to have all the McMahons come back and make an impact that, uh, you know, as long as he's alive, he kind of has to. You know, yeah, I mean, uh, they want to they they use the, the lethal weapon that was Vince McMahon 20, 25 years ago. But he's just, it's just not, it's just, it's just, it's, you can't, it's just not the same. It kind of, it, it feels like he's asking for the ruthless aggression. He's like, it's new. You're old, but I need you to be new. And you can be new again if you are you have ruthless aggression, you know? Uh, I don't know. It seems like a little bit of an old trope to me. Anyway, uh, we move on here. It's time for Rusev's day. In the ring is Caleb Braxton. Rusev comes out with Lana. Big, how was the reaction to Rusev and Lana when they came out in the arena, Justin? It sounded big to me, but it could be peppered in. No, it, it was it was very legitimate. Um, very, very over with the crowd there. Um, uh, good, a good amount of uh, Rusev and Lana merchandise I saw uh, going into the building. So yeah, I mean they, that there was no uh, no no post production needed there. Okay, Justin, cool. real quick, I, I had a I had a question. Did you watch uh, you watch the show again on TV in addition to live? Uh, not every segment, a, a good majority of it. Okay, because there were times where it seemed like they were sweetening the, the crowd reactions. And, you know, they were they were uh, sweetening the crowd noise, like it, like the New Day segment, uh, the Steiner math. Uh, Part, you know, they had a little pop, but it seemed like no one in the crowd was actually reacting when he said that. Did you notice any of that when you were watching it live? Was the crowd quiet or were they engaged uh, for pretty much for the whole show? I don't rem- being there live. I don't recall there being a huge pop on the Steiner mask. So I could see that have been that having been potentially doctored. Um, 
the Rusev reaction that the entrance, I mean, everything seemed with Rusev seemed pretty, pretty legit, pretty how I recalled. Um, but I'm sure, I mean, look, in the, you know, if, if it's a tape show, they're always going to edit a little bit of sound because they have, they have the opportunity to new day. They might have, I can't necessarily speak to every other instance. Cause I, I was checking in and out on the segments, you know, against I'd already, you know, been there for the taping. Um, but I do recall the Rusev popping very, if I had to, if I had to do a ranking, obviously, uh, aside from John Cena and Becky Lynch, the, the Rusev pop was right up there. Yeah, and, and it's great, too, because like we say, we're in this fresh start right now. Rusev, one of the guys who weathered the storm through whatever pre-fresh start was, as I call it, bad Domino's pizza days. Uh, and he's come out on the other side here, and he's still got some momentum to him. Uh, came out with Lana, celebrating his win here. Uh, out of nowhere, Nakamura attacked him from behind. Uh, Lana jumped up on Nakamura's back. Rusev hit the Machka kick, and down went Shinsuke, down went Lana. Uh, Rusev going to Lana, Shinsuke kind of teasing the belt there a little bit. I thought this was, honestly, the best Shinsuke has looked at WWE in a long time. I, again, Justin, you were there in the arena, but it seemed like Shinsuke was getting real heat here for taking down this bad guy in, in the way that he did. Did this resonate with you in the live crowd the way I thought it, it did with me at home? Absolutely, and I agree. It probably was some of the best stuff of him. And, and you know, I think uh, there's a couple positive takeaways here. One is it was a shining moment for Shinsuke Nakamura, who we certainly have discussed is just – um, you know, not not the best of 2018s, considering the fact this guy was, you know, in a, in a, in a, you know, in a, in a title feud back in the spring around Mania. Um, but also, it was good. It kind of shows you the value of Lana. You know, they've gone back and forth on whether or not they're going to pursue her as a a single star in the women's division. It seems like they've gone back to now, you know, put, you know, realizing okay, her and Rusev is just that's the tandem that works, and it shows. People care about her. Uh, they care about her in that role with Rusev, and then you can use her to generate heat. Um, on, on a heel. So, I mean, it was just, there was just a lot of positives to, to take away from this dynamic here of, okay, push Rusev, Lana's with him. Everybody knows Lana needs to be with him. They're married. It just makes sense. Don't try to, don't try to force a love triangle anywhere else. Just let it be. And it, and it, and it benefited Nakamura in that, in that segment for sure. Yeah. I, I, I thought the segment was great. Um, yeah. You know, I think it helps further cement Rusev as a baby face, getting Lana involved. I, I liked how they did that. The only thing I would have changed was, you know, Nakamura at the end when Lana got knocked down instead of uh, looking concerned if he looked uh, like happy or like, you know, like he was, uh, uh, you know, happy that Lana was laid out. Um, I know they can't do anything physical between them, but, you know, just it would show a little more sadistic side to Nakamura. But, uh, you know, other than that, I thought this, I thought this angle was great. Yeah, and Nakamura's a weird guy, you know? So, like, how does he react to things? What makes him happy could make him sad. You know, it's different for him. You know, he's just a wacky guy. Um, just just great. Most intimidating he's looked. Absolutely what Nakamura needed right now. And I'm with you guys. I'm very interested to see how this dynamic plays out. It plays out. It's very old school, right? You have the damsel in distress here. One guy who loves her. You've got a bad guy here who accidentally hit her. Again, this is something you could have done straight out of the 80s. This is, this is some Hulk Hogan booking here. Yeah, um, it's, it's Macho and Elizabeth kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's great. And I'm glad to see him I'm going back to some of this type of stuff. Uh, we come back here. Uh, Tom is uh, talking about the feud between Mandy Rose and Naomi. We see footage from last week where uh, Mandy Rose flirted with Jimmy and Naomi went after her, leading to this match here where Naomi thought she was going to be taking on Mandy Rose, only to have the bait and switch happen. And it turns out to be Naomi versus Sonya Deville. Uh, we, uh, we, of course, uh, have Mandy Rose interrupt this bout at the end to taunt Naomi by saying, here's a photo that I sent your husband, Jimmy Uso. Very scandalous photo of her in a towel leading to the uh, distraction with Sonia Deville uh, picking up the pinfall for the win here. Again, I don't know. There's just some – there's there's a, emotional stakes. There were things going on here that people care about. I, I, I kind of like this. I like where they're going. And also interesting to think about when Mandy teamed with Miz a couple weeks ago before they started this Jimmy feud. I don't know if you remember this, Justin, but I was talking about how I thought that they were – maybe making it seem like Mandy could be trying yeah. to break up the Mrs. marriage there because it would be a good thing for, for the Ms. and Mrs. or whatever. Interesting that the week later they changed direction. Instead of going the route with Mandy trying to break up Mrs. marriage, she's trying to break up Jimmy Uso's. I just wonder if there was a, a call there that was made to not go the Ms. Maurice breaking up their marriage route and instead try to mess with the marriage of Jimmy and Naomi. Just a little odd there how they, how they kind of went about that. I don't know if that makes sense to you at all. Yeah, and they're all reality TV stars, so you can let it, uh, you can capitalize on it on the e on the e network any which way. This was um, and I don't want to say this came off bad live because it did not come off bad, but this came off 
better when I saw it back on TV than it did live. Uh, maybe, okay. and, and I would imagine probably um, part of that is maybe the sound, maybe the crowd reaction was was uh, was aided. Uh, but I also think again, I think you know Corey Graves on commentary and his infatuation with Mandy Rose. It was just this was one as as Roz was asking earlier that I watch it back. You know, I did see the segment back and I did I did as I'm watching think, you know, I'm liking this a lot better than I remember liking it Saturday. Yeah. Raj, what do you think here of uh, Mandy Rose trying to be uh, the Scarlet Letter and, and breaking up uh, their marriage here? Um, you know, I, I know some people have a problem with it uh, online. They feel like it's, it, you know, it's kind of like the old way that they book women's views. But, you know, again, I think it's a, a storyline that anyone watching, if you don't watch wrestling, you, you understand it. You can get into it. You want to see uh, Naomi get her revenge. And I like the fact that they're doing a women's singles feud that's not for the title. You know, usually you have the women that are involved in the title feud and then no others. And then just clump all the rest up in like an eight man tag or, and no real storyline. So I like that they're doing a storyline with them. I like that it's a single storyline and uh, it, it, it's something that's easy to understand and grasp to. So I, and you could tell, you know, there was that report about Vince McMahon being high on, on Mandy Rose. And you can kind of tell that, but you know, at the same time, I think it, she's good in, in this role. Yeah, I, I 100% agree. I, I'm looking forward to seeing where they're going with this. And I like that the trend of SmackDown continuing to embrace uh, relationship struggles, which was kind of their MO before the fresh start here has rolled over. There's emotional stakes to a lot of stuff going on on SmackDown, and it just it makes me very happy. Uh, we then cut to some promos here from a couple of the guys in the Fatal 5-Way main event tonight, Randy Orton, Mustafa Ali. Uh, I thought one of Ali's better promos here with him talking about how he's now trying to be the heart of SmackDown. Um, and that's set up that we've still got that tonight. John Cena's coming back. We then get some uh, of these uh, New Year's Eve resolution videos with the Iconics, Luke Gallows, Carl Anderson, Shelton Benjamin, uh, and uh, a couple others. Any thoughts on the, the – this This is kind of just filler stuff here. I didn't really think that there was anything to this. I, mean, I don't know if anybody had anything, comments on the resolutions or not. Um, we then come back from the break. Uh, Samoa Joe's backstage. He's got some words to the main event. And finally – out comes John Cena. So this was the big segment that everybody had been taking photos of, sharing videos online. Uh, definitely uh, interesting to watch on TV. As John Cena said, some man's going to come out here and confront me and tell me I'm a washed-up has-been. Out comes Becky Lynch. War of words progresses, leading to a tag match with them versus Andrade, Cien Almost and Zelina Vega. Justin, you were there. I hate to keep throwing back to you and saying – how was this live? But very interesting dynamic here between John Cena and Becky Lynch. And it looked like the fans were having an absolute blast watching these two go back and forth. Yeah, it definitely had an electric feel. It was one of those moments where um, as soon as her music hit, everybody was on their feet. Nobody was sitting down. Nobody was on their f Nobody was not doing anything involving the show. They, they were, you know, not they weren't texting somebody. They were all eyes on this because you're like, okay. You know, we we know how aggressive Becky's being and the whole man gimmick. What is she going to do? Is she going to try to fight John Cena? It had one of those special moments where you knew this was going to be one that would be in the highlight reel for for a while. Great interaction. Um, again, everybody was on their feet for this one. Um, I, I was. I, I had it had my it was probably my favorite moment of, of the night for sure. Yeah, uh, Raj, kind of a bit of a passing of the torch here in a way, I thought, where it was like the former face of the company, or still in some ways the face, John Cena here, with Becky Lynch saying, no, I wasn't just looking to knock Charlotte off the poster, I was also looking to knock you off. I want to be the top dog here, and it seemed like he was willing to hand off that torch a bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely felt like it was him giving her the rub. I thought Becky was great uh, in this. I liked her interaction with him afterwards, where she wouldn't shake his hand, and uh I thought Becky was great here. Cena, on the other hand, um, you know, uh, he just uh, he just he just comes across to me as like he's checked out and he's out there having fun, but not taking it really seriously. Like when Becky's face was announced, it wasn't like a genuine surprise reaction. It was more like, oh, I wasn't expecting this, but I was. Um, so it, it, he just comes across uh, to me as like he's out there not taking it too seriously and and making it seem like kind of just, you know, something to la smile at as opposed to something to take seriously. And that's my, that was my one, uh, my one knock on this segment. Dude, I could not agree with you more. There was like a moment where Becky tagged in Cena by slapping him on the chest. Right. And she stares at him. And I almost feel like was daring him to like get into this moment with me, you know, like Becky's there, Becky's got this intensity. And I think, 
yeah, John Cena is very much like inside of it. Like, oh, this is cool. Pro wrestling. Am I? Am I cool? Am I? Am I cool here? Am I? Am I? Am I? Am I oh, wow, this is great. You know, I, yeah. I I totally got that vibe. Justin, are you are, are you feeling that, or is this just the new mm-hmm. Cena? Is this just what we can expect? This is he's the Jimmy Fallon of WWE now. I mean, I certainly see some of the things you guys are saying. I, I don't. Uh, I just kind of yeah. I mean, I kind of interpret it. Or maybe maybe, I get, maybe I'm giving him a pass and just kind of saying yeah. It's just kind of the state that he. It's kind of it's just the state we're in now. I mean, he's not going to be around every week, probably ever again, at least every week for you know months and months in a row. Um, it's just kind of the novelty Hollywood John Cena showing up, doing his John Cena shtick, uh, simple tag match, and 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 on the bus out out he goes. So I mean, yeah, it, it's not. It, it certainly does not seem like he is as that passionately engaged as he once was at the peak of his, you know, full-time career. Um, I, but I don't know. I, I guess maybe I was just a little bit just happy to see him, I guess, and happy to see the match. Yeah, and that's true. I mean, like, again, you're in that moment. It's like, it's different live when you're on versus when you're watching on TV. I think that, you know, it's easier to see facial reactions when you're watching on TV. That's why I think I maybe caught more of what Raj was talking about there because I definitely saw a dude who was just kind of going through the motions at point. It was like, oh, wow, gee shucks, this is awesome. I get to be a superstar today. Yeah, I mean, remember you guys. Um, you got you guys yeah. also had a, you guys also had a couple of days of seeing the teasers and the stuff going social and knew that this was the segment that was coming. Again, it was very much a surprise to us because just to tell you locally, they were advertising John Cena. They're advertising for Miss TV. Right. So first off, locally, you know, you're waiting to see who interrupts them. Uh, Becky Lynch was was just the last. I mean, it's the last, but just she was not at the top of the list of who I thought was going to come out. So there was that surprise. So I think yeah, it was just kind of caught up in the moment when it all happened live uh, versus having a couple of days to to prepare for it, so to speak. Uh, well, uh, let's talk real quick about the uh, the tag match that you mentioned there. Of course, this was uh, leading into a mixed tag match with Becky and Cena taking on Andrade and Zelina Vega. Um, you mentioned earlier possibly using Andrade with Jeff Hardy, which uh, Raj, which which could be an interesting new matchup here. It is interesting, but what I'm noticing here is I don't think it's I don't think it's an accident that Andrade is losing as much as he is because he's going in there and he's not just losing to any talent; he's losing to to bigger name talent like he's getting to go in there and wrestle with ray and wrestle with john cena and he's putting that light and i think the commentators a little thing too while we look at the differences here in the fresh start the commentators are building these guys up again there's less jokiness they're talking about how a great an in-ring performer they are they're talking more about their history you know his history of being over in mexico he wasn't the one to tap out here zelina was to to the arm bar but i think that there is something to be said about knowing that this guy's lost a lot of high-profile matches, and maybe they start to play into that, building to what would be eventually a big win. And, and maybe a guy like Jeff Hardy is the one to get that win over. But then again, you've got Jeff Hardy in another feud where he's just enhancement, where he's helping to build up a talent that's either been forgotten or is new to wrestling fans. Um, at, at some point when you just keep losing, fans stop caring about you. I feel like they already kind of are. When his music hit, it, was, it, it just seemed kind of like, it was like, oh, okay, these guys. Um, you know, I'm, and, and to your point, I don't think it's, it's something where he can't get that steam back. And, and again, I think a, a feud with someone like a Jeff Hardy, who is an established big name, uh, would do him wonders. Now, now all of that depends on, because a lot of times WWE will stop pushing some people for just random reasons. And, and they have their reasons. Like Vince feels like someone's not motivated or Vince feels like uh, someone's just not getting over the way he wants them to get over. So, we, you know, if it's not one of those, uh, cases, then I, I'd like to see him stop losing because uh, when you just keep losing, it just it just kind of pegs you in that role. Yeah, I mean, Justin, do you, do you think this is a case of like what Raj is describing, which is just wasted potential, or do you see this as possibly something like I'm describing which, that's leading to Andrade, them calling out this guy hasn't been winning a lot of matches, it's time for him to pull out the big one here and maybe push himself to the next level? Yeah, I mean, I don't think that they've uh, given up on him or, or anything uh, to that note. I mean, look, you're not going to get put into a match with John Cena when John Cena's making one of his rare appearances uh, for nothing. That's important to keep in mind. You know, Vince is not going to put in just anybody with John Cena. He's going to put somebody who he, he wants to, there to be some <clears throat> carryover stock and rub. So I, I, I think it would be incorrect to assume that he's being given up on or anything like that. Uh, granted, he has lost a lot, but, you know, we I'm not defending the 50-50 booking, but it's just there again, there's so many guys, you know, and not everybody can win. It's I, I think it's just I, I'm sure there's probably a big picture hope for him. Um I, I don't know how Rey Mysterio coming back, how that plays into the fact just because they're always looking for who's their next star to appeal 
uh, you know, the next big Mexican star. So I'm sure there's a lot of factors. I would imagine, you know, we, we kind of truly see who's on the priority list once Rumble comes around because Rumble to Mania, if you're on the priority list, you're going to have something being done. Um, if he gets uh, if he gets relegated to an Andre the, Royal, Andre the Giant Battle Royal where he just does nothing special, then that's worrisome. If he gets pegged in for a, an advertised match for WrestleMania, then there's some hope. So I think we'll, I think like much of this, as I've been saying with this whole new era and the McMahons taking back over, I think we'll, we'll know a lot here in the next month. Yeah, I, I could see him as somebody that Rusev could spin off and do a U.S. title program after he finishes up with Nakamura, if that's the route they go. Um, he is just waiting for that right feud, that right match to get him back on track. I agree, he has lost a lot, but to Justin's point as well, it's not like he's losing to nobodies. He's in there with John Cena, and they don't just put anybody's in there with those guys. It's usually somebody that they're looking to you know, get some exposure for it and hopefully build some credibility with And, and also, one other point, that's, it's not only somebody they want to get exposure and credibility to, it's also usually, hey, John, tell us what you think of this guy. Where is he at? How far away is he? Is he all that he was built up in? You know, I mean, they obviously use John as a barometer, and why wouldn't you? So I think that's a, a key thing to rem- keep in mind here. Has almost hasn't had a pay-per-view match yet since he's been on the main roster, right? He's been on the kickoff with Rusev, but I don't think he's been on a pay-per-view yet. No. So I think that kind of tells you where he's at. Um, you know, what we, We'll see if he once he gets a, a singles match on a pay per view, that'll be a step in the right direction. But um, mm-hmm. you know, he's he's definitely not at the top of their or even you know near the top of their uh, their plans. Clearly, mm-hmm. uh, one thing with Cena though, this was his only SmackDown appearance that he's advertised for before he starts filming his next movie, which is uh, January twentieth in Vancouver. So he's got this, uh, then he's got Raw Monday night, and then the next Raw, and then he's gone as far as TV goes. Is he going to be – so he won't be in the Rumble then because he's got this movie, right? I wouldn't think so unless he got, like, one day off. But, yeah, uh, he's supposed to start on the 20th, so that would, you know, in theory, uh, put him out of the Rumble. I was a little surprised he didn't announce he was entering the Rumble. I, I, I mean, that's his thing. He shows up this time of year and he says, I'm going to be in the Rumble. And whether or not he wins or not kind of jumpstarts – Whatever his path is into the into WrestleMania season, you know. I, I think give I, I think given the schedule that, that Raj just said, <clears throat> you're probably better off not advertising him. And then all of a sudden, as it gets closer, if he says, "Hey, yeah, I can take a jet from Vancouver to Arizona and make Rumble," you have him as a surprise entrant. Well, I don't think he can uh, do anything physical once filming starts. You know, right. there, there's that whole thing with the movie insurance, and, and once that starts, and if he got injured, that just you know puts everything on hold, especially once they start filming. So. I think it's pretty clear he won't be at the Rumble. They could shoot a WrestleMania angle on Raw where if he is going to wrestle at WrestleMania, whoever he's going to compete, you know, face, uh, they do an angle with, with them on on the, you know, the next few Raws to, to kind of get that jump started. Uh, well, we then go backstage. We've got The Miz and Shane. Uh, Miz is questioning whether or not Shane is getting cold feet about being his tag team partner. Uh, more kind of weird 1950s dating verbiage here between these two. Um, which leads to Miz saying, as a team, we got to work together. We've been on the same page. we got to dress the same. We used to a bunch of ridiculous sketches here that Miz has put together of Shane and different Miz attire and, and Shane basically walking off, shaking his head. Uh, again, again, I don't know exactly what the end game here is. got to think that this is going to dissolve before WrestleMania, either leading to a match between these two or freeing up Miz for a match with Daniel Bryan. I don't really know, but it was silly. I, I – I don't. It didn't. I didn't hate it. Uh, it didn't really do anything to move the story along for me either. So, Justin. Yeah, this week to week, this story kind of feels like they literally are taking the darts and throwing them against the wall and seeing what index card they land on. Uh, obviously, that's not what they're doing. They, at least I hope not. But yeah, I'm not sure really how how confident the direction is of where exactly they're going or what they're trying to accomplish out of this, or is this just literally time filler again until Rumble and the Road to Mania starts, where they start getting things on a schedule. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's what it kind of felt like to me. Like it, they, they're just kind of killing time a little bit right now, but at the same time, I just find Miz so entertaining in these segments that it's still easy to watch. Uh, it's not like, I'm like, all right, I'm going to go, you know, get a snack while, while this is happening. So it's still, it's still entertaining, but yeah, it does feel like they're, they're dragging their feet a little bit. I don't know if uh, clearly it's leading to something between the two at Mania. I don't know if it's leading to Shane versus the Miz or them going after the tag titles. Um, you know, them going after the tag titles would be something different. And if 
now with this whole shakeup and the McMahons all are, are all on the same team, I would think that would stop the, that plan Shane McMahon heel turn that, that they had been planning. So if that's the case, I could see them just being a tag team and going after the tag titles. Yeah, I mean, in so many directions here to go with these guys. I do think there is an element of on-the-fly booking here with them. I mean, certainly they seem to have, like, maybe an end point in mind. But I, I go back to that Mandy Rose tease from two weeks ago, and I really think they were going to try to go that direction and, and, for whatever reason, put the kibosh on it. So I'm with you, Justin. I don't think that they know week to week exactly what they're doing with these two. I think they're kind of picking it up as they go along. Um, and I'm, I don't know. I, I mean, it does seem, Raj, like you say, it seems logical that they would be going with Miz and Shane McMahon for WrestleMania. But it's four months away, and I can't see this tag team lasting more than a couple of weeks before one of them turns on each other and ruins it. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I think. I think they go for the tag titles at the Royal Rumble. Uh, they lose. Uh, you know, Miz attacks Shane, and that's your setup for Mania. Or maybe they go go another month. But I, I agree. You know, it is – even though this is kind of the, the season when we start getting – you know, it, with the Rumble and WrestleMania, this is kind of the start of WrestleMania season. Um, but it still is a long time away. Maybe that maybe they're both in the rumble match and one eliminates the other one. Yeah, I was thinking something like that too. They they kind of highlighted Shane saying, "Don't screw me," right? They 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 replayed that part again. So I'm guessing that's where it goes. Is Miz screws him, or 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 the service that Shane screws Miz, right? Like that's the whole thing. Is like the the weird tension here. It's like you almost feel like, well, it's got to be obvious this guy's going to turn it. You know, maybe this is where Shane pitches Miz over the top rope here and, and costs him his his title match against Daniel Bryan. So. Who knows? Yeah. Um, we go back uh, to uh, to action here. Uh, we get a promo for all the NXT uh, talent. Uh, then we have women's champion Asuka backstage for Triple H. Uh, we have her talking to him about who she's going to face at the Royal Rumble. Becky, Charlotte, Carmella all come out. They make their cases about why they should be the number one contender. Uh, Triple H takes it all in. He says, uh, we'll, I'll consider it, and uh, I'll let you know when we've made our decision. And he also brought up here, of course, how there are no more uh, automatic uh, title rematches anymore. So, uh, interesting. They, they'd they already announced Oscar Becky Lynch, then they pulled back on that because that seemed like a bit of an accident. I'm almost tempted to say maybe a fatal four-way, but that would take a lot of key women out of the Rumble match if they went the fatal four-way route. Uh, Justin, where do you think they're going with this? Yeah, I don't... Yeah, for, kind of for the same reason. I don't know if... Uh... Uh, Fatal Four is the way to go again because you know you, you need to fill a thirty women a thirty you know women's Rumble match and not I mean obviously they could use you know, NXT talent they could even you know have a few from the Indies make special appearances like they do with the May Young tournament but uh, yeah I'm not sure where they go here this this is uh, I stand the same place I did last week this is confusing um, whatever uh, whatever made them pull the reins on what they're doing with Oscar obviously as they're doing some creative changes with the um, the new era and the scrambling of creative that there's something there that they did not want to. To go into so i don't have anything intelligent really to offer here other than i'm just still kind of confused and we'll wait and see yeah, yeah and you know oscar could could face charlotte or carmella and becky wins the rumble and is off to raw and feeding with ronda rousey for the next couple months and completely has to bypass having to do anything with this with this group of women which could be a route here i don't know if they're going to go that route um but you know that's something that definitely creeped into my mind where like becky becky doesn't need this match everybody wants to see becky win the rumble anyway and go on to face so all of the SmackDown women's title picture anymore, right? Yeah, it almost felt like they hadn't thought it through when they first announced Becky versus Asuka. Was, was that last week or two weeks ago? It feels like it, feels like it was two a while ago. Two weeks ago on that event. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So when they are, because when you're doing that, and if the plan is not for Becky to win the title and, and to go on to WrestleMania to face uh, Ronda Rousey, then that doesn't make sense to do that match. So I agree. Either I, I would do someone out of the blue, like you said, Nick, like a Carmella. I wouldn't have Becky in that match. Um, I would be, and you have her win the Rumble and set up the, the match with Ronda Rousey, and I think that's that's the biggest women's match you can have right now. So, And, and yeah, I, I, I think uh, you give Asuka a win, and uh, I, I don't know. Carmella has been so cold lately, but maybe – actually, not you don't want to do Charlotte either because she's, she's probably wrestling Ronda Rousey at the Rumble. But, um, but you know, someone else. Yeah, I, I don't know, and I could I could even see Becky Charlotte doing the doing the uh, what was it Shawn Michaels British Bulldog over the top rope, both feet land at the same time type gimmick here because uh, yeah I, I don't know I, I feel like Charlotte I feel like Charlotte's gonna get tied into that Becky Ronda match somehow um, so I, I don't know maybe Carmella is the best person here to take on Oscar Red Hart um, Red Hart Lex Luger ninety four 
Bret Hart, Lex Luger. What, what did I say? Shawn Michaels, British Bulldog. Did they do it too? I think they did it too, right? Or no, 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 no Sean Skin the Cat. Yeah, Sean Skin the Cat, Bulldog celebrating. Sean comes in. Man, so many bodies like a blur up here, you know? Um, absolutely correct. Uh, all right, this leads us into uh, our main event, Fatal Five-Way Match to crown a new number one contender, Rey Mysterio, Samoa Joe, AJ Styles, Randy Orton versus Mustafa Ali. One of these things not like the other. This was really, for me, ob obviously uh, the win here went to AJ Styles, who's got the big storyline about having to be the real AJ Styles. Uh, of course, since I... Uh, I'm so close to Ali and he's had such a push here. I would be remiss just to say very surreal seeing him in this bout with these four guys, uh, veterans. It was like a Vigia game. Um, and the only thing I noticed about Ali here was he looked a little small, but then you look at Ray who's smaller than, than Ali. And I was like, well, maybe this can work. You, you know, they didn't put him in a ring with a bunch of monsters. They put him in there with somebody else he could work with too. And you got that really incredible cruiserweight moment between uh, Ray and Ali here. And, as much as I wanted to see Ali in that main event title picture, uh, man, maybe a, maybe a dream cruiserweight match between him and Ray is a better route to go for WrestleMania for the time being uh, with him building up a little bit of credibility. A um, lot of things to talk about here. Who won? How they performed? Uh, Raj, I'll throw it to you first. What from this match stood out for you or, or held you back from enjoying it? Yeah, you know what you what you kind of said with Ali? Uh, I almost was worried that they were going to have him be the fall guy, like taking the pin here because of all the star power that was in that match. I was I was really surprised that it was Orton that took the fall, uh, which is great, you know. And I, I liked the AJ, the, his more aggressive style during this match, uh, kind of turning it up, you know, a little tweaking of his character. And I thought the match itself was great. Um, you know, to your point with Ali, he does – you know, he's a little smaller, but not that much than most of the other guys. Orton is the one that kind of, uh, as far as his height, kind of stands out over all the other guys, just in terms of size. But otherwise, you know, the other guys are kind of all similar. Like Ali and, and AJ, when they're standing, you know, face to face, they're they're not that that much different in size. So yeah, I thought Ali Jay looked good. I was glad they didn't beat him because he has some momentum. I thought it would have been kind of cool to do Ali versus Daniel Bryan at the Rumble, but I don't know. It but it all depends on what their plans are. If they're looking at at AJ um, winning the title or uh, and then going on to Mania, then it makes sense for him to be in it. But I don't think they should just beat AJ again if that's if that's the plan. That you could have put Ali in that uh, situation because you know with the Rumble, the Rumble match itself is a draw, and you already yeah. got Lesnar and Braun. Yeah, you know, and and that and it, are they going to put the title? Back on AJ, I thought don't count out the idea of Miz and Daniel Bryan uh, going heads up somehow at WrestleMania. That match doesn't really need a title belt either. So maybe Miz or Shane could get involved in that match here. Who knows? Um, and then, of course, Ali, dark horse here in the Rumble. You know, we've talked about how he may not uh, necessarily uh, win the Rumble, but I could definitely see him as somebody that's going to be one of the final people in the Rumble that they're like, oh, my God, are they going to go the distance with this guy? Um, maybe that's going to be his role this year. Maybe they wanted to build up a convincing uh, last two or three guys here and Mustafa Ali. Uh, Justin, same thing to you. What what did, what takeaways did you have from this bout? Good, bad, and different. It was very good, very entertaining. Um, Ali certainly looked like he belonged. He didn't stand out as like, you know, what is this guy doing? Like, I mean, obviously, like, he's the newest in terms of being in an in a main event like this, but he looked like he belonged. He performed like he belonged. I'll tell you what, probably because I've been talking to you every week, uh, I, I, I turned to some, I turned to somebody and said. It's, I was like, I I can see a realistic possibility of Mustafa Ali winning this. I I was, you know, able to to you know to 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 eliminate everybody else. Um, good match. Uh, I'll say this: I I don't understand why Samoa Joe was the only one that had to qualify for this. Correct? <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> correct. That, you know when 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 they announced earlier in the night that Joe was going to have this match against Hardy and it's going to qualify for the Fatal Five Way, you know, I'm then thinking, all right, well. Are we seeing the rest of the qualifying matches? And then we got to the main event, and I was like, I was like, I know I've gotten up and going to the bathroom, and got a beer here a few times. I'm like, did I miss? Did I miss something? And then I went back, and I was like, no, I didn't. I, I never got an explanation for that one. It was weird because we talked about how they're doing with Rollins, what they're doing with AJ Styles. Another thing from Raw that I noticed that was similar to SmackDown: you had a guy get built up strongly as a competitor by winning a match earlier in the night, only to lose in a title match later in the night. And this wasn't a title match; it was number one contender. But Apollo Cruz, eliminated eight men in a rumble, went on to face uh, for the Intercontinental title against Dean Ambrose, lost. But because of the way he was booked, seemed to have gotten elevated a bit. I think that was the logic here with Joe as well, where they're like, this guy's lost some momentum here. 
we don't want to just throw him into this fatal five-way match to lose again. Is there a way we can shine this guy up a little bit to make him look more intimidating and, and impressive in this bout? I think that's why they had him do the, the match with Jeff Hardy there, just as a way to make him look more credible uh, for this match here at the end of the show. So, um, And, uh, yeah, uh, I, I'm glad to hear you say you think Ali could win it because I kind of am starting to think that too. And we were talking last week about, you know, why – why why so preachy why is he whiny when he's saying such things that you know he's talking about recycling and he's talking about climate change and things that people you know traditionally would would not be associating with a bad guy for wrestling well you look at the contrast between him and mustafa ali and mustafa ali is really you know kind of the definition of progress in wwe really kind of pushing against the grain against how people in his position size uh, ethnic background have traditionally been booked in wwe if if that guy's the one to beat the whiny progressive, I think there's, I don't know, there's just a really, I, I hadn't looked at it really through that that guys yet, but that kind of makes a little sense to me. Um, I don't know, just food for thought. <laughs> yeah, um, I mean, uh, uh, <laughs> I mean, without getting political at all, um, I, I do think uh, you know Daniel Bryan's character. It's uh, it is, it is, I think he's doing a great job with it. Uh, it is interesting, the dynamic with him and Ali, because um, Ali is not someone I would, I would you know, that's going to come out and say, you know, we should be polluting and you're, you're whiny for not, <laughs> you know, for, for not driving an SUV. Um, so it, it's an interesting dynamic. I don't, I don't know. But uh, yeah, I will, I will yeah, tell you. I, I just think there's a way. Go ahead. Yeah. No, I will tell you that you know Brian had a cage match uh, for the dark match, and uh, I was sitting ringside, and I was sitting right where right where the steps were, where the cage door is, where he entered, and uh, and I and I grabbed and I, I I had his attention, I could see, and I I yelled uh, that uh, that I hate recycling and I hate the environment, and got got a nice in in character reaction from DB. Sure, he loved that because we <laughs> f the environment. That stupid thing out there. It starts raining fire right now. Uh, all right, there's our SmackDown review. Uh, in general, I definitely continue to see uh, a little bit. SmackDown's really largely unchanged. I thought Raw on Monday night was a, a continued improvement on the product they've been doing. I thought SmackDown was very good as well. In general, I got five hours of wrestling this week from WWE. Not a whole lot that I didn't like this week from WWE, and, and that's a step in the right direction. Uh, before we move to the AEW stuff, uh, agree, disagree on that point that the product seems to be taking a turn for the better. Raj, I'll start with you. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was all uh, it was all easily watchable for the most part. I thought SmackDown was really easy to watch. Um, it, it went by uh, pretty fast. You know, again, one thing I'd like to see WWE do it more of is having more uh, – uh, cliffhangers, uh, things that you need to tune in the next week, you know, for like maybe this week you announce you do the qualifying matches for the fatal five way for next week. And and then that way you have something to look forward to for the next week as opposed to the show's over. It was fun, but uh, there's not something where you're, you're you're like, I need to tune in next week. So, you know, I, I wish they'd do more of that. But other than that, I thought it was a, a good a good week for WWE, uh, you know, for, for what's traditionally an off week. Yeah, agreed. Justin, thoughts overall on the product, the direction it's headed right now? Yeah, like Raj just said, I thought uh, it was a better week, and, and especially when uh, put it in comparison to the week of you know these tape shows and holiday weeks, the, they've 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 done some 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 poor programming in, in recent years. So I thought all the all things considered, it, it was it was definitely better than I anticipated. All right, and uh, there's a reason the product is improving. Of course, the pressure is on. We've got some new competitors in the pro wrestling marketplace as the co as Cody. And the Bucks officially announced on a midnight New Year's Eve, being the Elite Special, AEW is officially happening. They also announced the official. Uh, they also announced that Double or Nothing, the follow-up to All In, is also going to be happening. They're going to be holding a rally in Jacksonville, Florida, next Tuesday. Uh, with more information, uh, they tease there's going to be more faces at this event. So I would guess there's going to be uh, an unveiling of the roster, maybe. Uh, by the way, I'll get to it here in a little bit. I'll be there on behalf of Wrestling Inc., so we can talk about that here in a little bit as well. Uh, they released a photo yesterday featuring all of them signing their AEW contracts. Allegedly, uh, Dave Meltzer on the Wrestling Observer Radio had reported that they had not officially signed when they announced, but uh, or Cody had signed, 
The Bucks were, were, were due to sign here. It's like that's all done. Cody has released an official statement confirming uh, what was originally reported by Pro Wrestling Sheet that he and the Bucks are going to be executive vice presidents of AEW. Tony Khan, uh, the owner of the Jacksonville Jaguars, is the service president. And lastly here, to just to throw into the mix, uh, the Wrestling Observer also reporting while Jericho has not been signed with AEW, he is on their radar. Whew, lot to lot to digest there. I'll throw it to you first this time, Justin. Uh, the AEW announcement. How does it make you feel in your cockles? Does this feel good? Do you think this is as big as it can be, or do you think this is, you know, maybe a misstep on their part? It's exciting. I, I think if if you're a wrestling fan and you're not excited about this, I kind of question. I question what what you, what you want out of the wrestling and the business. Um, it's exciting. I, I thought it was well done. I thought, um, you know. The, one of the worst things you can do in anything, but I think pro wrestling, if it happens more often, um, is you go too big with the first announcement, and then it's, and then everything's down a little bit down after that. I thought they did a nice job. They announced pretty much what we all kind of started assuming and, and, and finding through you know through the routes we found it. So they've still there's so we know now we know okay it's happening, but there's still a lot left. To, you know who else is on the roster? How, you know we don't know the distribution. You know and so I, I think they've done they're doing a good job keeping it building, keeping you know kind of keeping you on the hook so to speak. Um, and then, you know, the, you know, to, to do it in, you know, to do it where WWE is going to be, uh, and obviously where they, they obviously have roots with, 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 with the, the, the president, uh, very smart, you know, a little, uh, makes you feel a little, little Norfolk, Virginia, WCW, WWF invasion, we're at war. I mean, I don't know. It's, 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 it's exciting no matter what. So I'll be very interested to uh, watch your tweets and watch your coverage next week. Yeah. Raj thoughts here on AEW, the big announcement, double or nothing. Yeah, so, uh, you know, Khan, he, he owns a part of the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, Shahid Khan is the, you know, the main owner of that, uh, his father. Um, man, I mean, it's to say this is uh, a big story is kind of an understatement. I mean, it, it just kind of shakes everything up as far as the pro wrestling scene goes. Now, so much of this depends on the TV deal, right? Like if, if it's a TV deal with something like pop, then you kind of know where it's, it's going to be, you know, where it's going to be pegged for a little bit as far as uh, reach and everything. If it's something like a TBS, you know, something like a big station, that's a game changer. Um, and, uh, you know, what's, what's interesting is when they trade, you know, file all those trademarks, they, they filed, if I'm not mistaken, they filed Tuesday Night Dynamite, but no other nights, right? They didn't trademark Wednesday Night Dynamite, Thursday Night, Friday Night. So they definitely have their eye on Tuesday nights. Now, does that mean this isn't happening until October when SmackDown moves? Or are they planning on going on earlier and then they'd be opposing SmackDown? Uh, does that hurt it right off the bat? I mean, will people tune in one week and then go back to SmackDown because that's what they're used to? We saw TNA uh, when they went live to Monday nights and it you know hurt them and then they had to quickly move back. Uh, so there's just so many questions out there. Um, how does this affect ROH? Um, you know, does this help ROH in the sense that now Sinclair sees another company coming kind of into their spot and they really want to fight for that number two position and start putting finally more resources into it, uh, as opposed to just letting it coast. So, I mean, it, this could be good for ROH as well. Uh, so it's, it's exciting. Uh, I'm, I'm pumped, uh, you know, and it, just so much depends on that TV deal. Yeah, and uh, I, I, don't, I, I agree with largely everything you said. I don't know that the TV deal is inherently as important these days as it would have been a couple of years ago. These guys have made their name on the internet. That's where their show is at. That's how they sold out uh, the Sears Center for All In with 10,000 tickets. It's, you know, it, it, the model is changing. The way people are doing business in pro wrestling is changing. There are many more different ways to skin a cat. Can you make a big bundle of money by getting a good TV deal? Yeah, that's the Vince McMahon model. It, can you also, though, engage a younger, millennial, super audience and, and you know, wants to get their content through an app, through a website, through a fight? Is there, if you double down and you focus hard on just those areas and you don't make your show available for free on TV, can you make more money online? I think there's definitely an argument to be made about that. I would take in this situation the logic you had 10, 15 years ago about what you need to do to make a wrestling promotion work, and I would alter it a little bit. I, I do think it would be great if they had a TV deal, especially on a major network, and I don't think that's out of the question here with the, the resources and the people they have. But let's be real here. This is a group of guys that made millions of dollars without a TV deal. 
And to say that they need a TV deal, I don't know that that's necessarily true. Well, know? that's not true. They make millions of dollars from New Japan and ROH, which both have TV deals. Um, you know, sync, you know, ROH well, but they, but they were, Sinclair, New Japan. They were, they weren't getting their money, though, from those big TV deals, though. These guys were making their money on T-shirts and, and web advertising. And yeah, but it's too. from that yeah. exposure, though. But, um, and, and, you know, if if they want to cater to this hardcore audience that is that has got them to the level they're at, I'm talking about Cody and the Bucks, then, yeah, they can do something that's, you know, to an app, to a, you know, everything you're talking about, Nick. But, you know, it's still, it still doesn't change. The same thing applies to WWE. You can have the same repeat fans over and over. They're going to watch whether it's good or bad. They're just trained to watch. But you need to be able to appeal to a broader audience, you know, for sponsorship. If you want to sustain and not just them make millions, but try to get other guys who can come make some serious money, I think you need to have something that can appeal to a broad, you know, appeal to a broader audience. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, I'm, I, I think that I'm kind of like where Raj says, I, you know, this is exciting, but I need to find out what the distribution is before I can really make a prediction of okay how how serious is this yeah, yeah the, I money, don't know. the money is not streaming on youtube um you know and, well, and they're not going to be on youtube and, well, be on YouTube. well wherever i mean if if it's when, when you talk about streaming like let's say uh you're talking about like 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 say a show like cobra kai which got a bunch of money but that's a tv deal that's still a deal where they're getting a lot of money for programming if they don't get that money uh then that that kind of hurts it right off the bat um, well, but because you, to support a roster and to, if if you're going to be a real promotion, which is doing live events, pay-per-views, yes, they did the one all in and it was a big success uh, to be able to do that several times a year and live events. You need a lot more than that. And you need that. And and again, right now, Tony Khan, uh, he's a billionaire. He can he can fund it, you know, uh, and, and support it for as long as it takes. But at some point you do need, uh, you know, that that distribution platform. Yeah, I agree. And like you said there, you know, like Cobra Kai, it was a YouTube platform. They got a bunch of money to do that. That's what I'm saying. It's like, but, I, but that, I was, get... that was a, that was essentially a TV deal. YouTube paid, you know, for that. It's not like they're making money off of ads on YouTube. It's like a Netflix deal or an Amazon Prime. Well, a new Netflix or YouTube be making that money back selling ads on that show um, on their platform. But that's no, that again, it's, it's YouTube bread. It's a subscription based model. And yeah, again, you know, that's the thing is if you got billions of dollars, you could build, you could, you know, look, Roy Kroc didn't make millions of dollars selling hamburgers. He made millions of dollars owning the property McDonald's got built on and having somebody else sell the hamburgers, right? If you've got the funds to build your piece of property and create your own platform and keep 100% of the revenue from that and really push that to a hardcore audience, I, again, I just, I don't want to discount that this thing... I mean, I don't want to say that this thing needs a television deal. If anything, sometimes these guys take these deals like, you know, Impact's going to Pursuit, great, good for them. But in some ways, people looked at that as like a step back and I think almost turned them off to it. I think that they know what works for them, which has been the Internet. And I don't I don't want to discredit their, their ability to draw money on luring their fans in through social media campaigns and sending them to a platform where they either have to subscribe or pay a pay-per-view price to, to buy their shows. I don't think this thing works without a TV deal honestly <clears throat> we'll find out and there's a very good chance they could have a tv deal as well um well but, supposedly yeah. according to dave Meltzer, they 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 have they have been talking with a couple uh tv partners so um you know so we'll see how that goes yeah absolutely uh and by the way raj was i the first person to tell you that this was actually happening a couple months ago was i the first one uh i think everyone knew it was happening once the trademarks were filed well, but I was looking for those trademarks before that was announced. I don't yeah, know yeah, that was, yeah, that was true. Yeah. So uh, anyway, go back and listen to a couple of the older episodes here from months ago. I was dropping some breadcrumbs about some other stuff that I know about. Um, all right. Last but not least here, since we were wrapping up the show, I just wanted to remind everybody next Monday night, Brock Lesnar, John Cena return to Raw. The live shows start again. So tune back in here. We'll just start doing, we'll still have the Raw post show, the SmackDown post show. We'll start the week after with uh, Glenn, Matt, and Raj. Um, and of course, tomorrow is the Winkley. Justin and I will be back noon Eastern right here on the Wrestling Inc. YouTube channel. A uh, big show. We'll be talking more news. Um, I've got an interview with PCO, Crowbar, and Darren Young. Uh, I also, while we were doing this, got a text message uh, that uh, I will be interviewing Gail Kim tomorrow afternoon, Raj. So there you go. Maybe we'll throw that one. Maybe, maybe we'll be throwing that one in as well. Of course, Gail will be appearing at Impact Wrestling's homecoming this Sunday night. She's the guest referee in Tessa Blanchard versus Taya Valkyrie's Impact Knockouts Championship match. 
Uh, and I will be there. This is going to be – if you are looking for on on-the-road coverage, the next four days – or four days starting Saturday are going to be big for us. Uh, Saturday I'll be at Warrior Wrestling in Chicago that's got Austin Aries and a whole bunch of other big-name wrestlers. I'll be doing commentary for that. You can check that out over on Fight. Sunday, Impact Homecoming, I'll be front row and backstage with the VIP deal covering that. Monday, Impact TV tapings, I'll be there again for that in Nashville. And then Tuesday morning, I fly to Jacksonville to be at the AEW rally where uh, I will be taking over, I guess, our social media and posting all kinds of photos and videos to get us on-site coverage from that. So just a ton of stuff, guys. Just uh, follow Wrestling Inc. every day. Make it your life. Um, and uh, that's it for me. Justin, where do you want to send people to find you, follow you, and all those other great things for you? Uh, at Justin Labar, all across social media. It's got all my thoughts. And, of course, I have my Wrestling Rally podcast out every Thursday morning on iTunes, Spotify, and anywhere else you can get your uh, audio podcasts. All right. And, Raj, where do you want to send people? Uh, just keep visiting WrestlingInc.com. Uh, you know, tons of uh, – just tons of – tons and tons of content, even on a – on these holiday weeks. So, you know, just keep checking it out. And then, you know, there's the, the interviews that Nick has done. We're going to have a bunch of stuff from those. So uh, definitely check it out. Yeah, guys, thank you very much for tuning in again. I'll be back tomorrow with Justin Labar, noon Eastern right here for the Winkly. And remember, if you winked, you didn't miss it. Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, promo code STAPLE20.